Welcome back to the Ride Boundless podcast with me, Robert Valderrama. On this episode, we speak to Andrew Campo, founder of Meta Magazine. We dive deep into when they launched in 2014, creating an all-print magazine in a digital age, the challenges they face, and now the success they have. Get ready to listen to an exciting show with Andrew Campo. How have you been dealing with this whole COVID-19 um, situation? How, how are they dealing with it in Denver? Are they being strict? Is everything still shut down? Do you guys have phases? What's what's happening? Yeah, so what's happening right now is um, <clears throat> things are slowly reopening. Um, it's uh, Saturday was the first day that they, you know, uh, allowed barber shops, um, salons, um, certain businesses, retail shops to open back up but it's um it's surprisingly i was downtown on saturday um our office is located right in downtown so i was down there saturday morning and i expected to see a lot of people out um, but uh i i was grateful there weren't so many people out um which is nice i think a lot of people are are still being cautious or settling into working from home and don't feel the need to get out right away give yeah. this thing a little more, a little more time. Um, so it's, uh, <clears throat> it's an interesting world we're in. That's, that's uh, I mean, sure. th- this uh, is going to be remembered throughout the history of time. Right. It, it's yeah. I, I have good days and bad days, probably like everybody else, you know, but it's, why, why, um, why is that the emotionally, financially stress, family or all of it? You know, I, I've got, um, I've got two two kids and my wife here at home. Um, there, my wife's a teacher, so she's uh, teaching remotely now. And uh, you know, I've got two teenagers that are basically, you know, been home for eight weeks right now. It's really tough on them, right? They miss prom. They they're uh, how, you know how, how old not finished. They're fifteen and seventeen. Fifteen, so yeah, so they're Oof, important yeah, times in know, life. I feel bad for them, you know, but they're, uh, they're holding up pretty strong. It, there's been a lot of positives like from, uh, in regards to like family, you know, we've spent more time around each other over the last eight weeks and, and we're, you know, accustomed to doing, and it's, uh, it's been beautiful that way, but it, it's just a struggle like, you know, everywhere else. Uh, for me, I do have the meta office downtown that's been, um, you know, basically shut down and um, but available to me on a daily basis. So I've been uh, trying to get to the office uh, on average about four days a week. And, um, and it's, it's crickets in there, but it's also a nice, you know, one less person in the house sometimes goes a long ways. You know? How, wh- where, so does, I, uh, where does your business fall in? Uh, is it essential or are you just opening it because... You know, you're just going um, in there. Are the employees? Are you at a hundred percent? You know, yeah. There's, there's, um, in a, I'll call it a workspace. Um, in our, we have a, a pretty large building downtown. Uh, there's Meta is the primary business um, in there. Uh, 
and we also have a design studio. There's a company called uh, uh, Consume and Create, and they they lease half the building from me. And, uh, and then in the back, we have a barber shop. And uh, can basically everybody went home, um, you know, early March. And um, I've been the only one that's really been going to the building. So it's uh, typically, you know, there's maybe... 10 to 12 people working from the building on a, on a normal day. And, um, our, our staff has all been working remote and, um, except for myself. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on. The, the barber shop, um, they came back to work on Saturday. And, and that's, uh, that's the legal. Yeah. That became legal. legal. The, the reason I ask is because, uh, my, my wife, uh, she just invested in a salon, uh, four mm-hmm. months ago or five months ago, right before this took place. And now they're mm-hmm. saying that's going to be phase three. So they're saying right now we're in phase two. They're saying phase three is going to be months away. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty dramatic. That, that's why I was kind of wondering what each state's doing. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think, um, it's a little, it's a little too soon in my personal opinion. Um, that's why I worked from home today. There are people coming into the barber shop, and I would the the building is, is separated to where I don't have to really see it, see those people. But there's no need for me to put myself in a risky spot if I don't need to. But, um, those guys have all kinds of rules and mandates that they have to follow now, and uh, it's it's tough on them um, cutting hair all day with a mask on and. Everybody wants to communicate, right, while they're getting their hair cut. And gloves, right? I mean, like yeah, a barber's, the barber's job is to feel and, you know, it's so difficult and challenging. Right. Yeah, so they're they're struggling with that a little bit, but they're also grateful to be back at work. Right? Yeah, I mean, so, there's, there's so many people affected by this that have no idea when they're going to go back. They already lost their job. They're, I mean... There's a lot of, there's, there's good, I'm not going to say there's a lot of good, but there is good and there is bad, you know, what's going on with nature, what's going on with like, you you hear Italy's canals, you hear, even where I live now, you know, I I live in the Hollywood Hills. I've never heard so many birds. I I mean, the birds, owls, nature, it's, it's, it's insane. Jaime made a funny comment the other day. He's like, I kind of miss the traffic. And I'm like, why? He goes, because there's no cars now, and now there's like more, you know, bugs on the road. So when I'm riding my motorcycle, I'm just getting hit by, <laughs> you know, like that wasn't there before. That's funny. But, but you could just, I, uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead. I was going to say, I can relate, man. I, I, um, I rode earlier today to the little town of Golden and back. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's just a lot of bugs out or not, but I kept getting bugs in my face the whole way yeah you're right about that i mean here in denver um the the city has never looked so beautiful you know with with clear skies and um it's uh you can tell that the pollution is down um there's some there's some rad things that are going to come out of this Uh, it's just so unfortunate that that uh we're going through it. That's for sure. It's, it's, it's very unfortunate. I would say the frustrating part is, is there's too many people that don't believe it, or there's people of influence that don't believe it. Like, you know, Elon Musk recently was talking about like, you know, 
this shouldn't be happening. I mean, it's kind of illegal yeah. to tell people, hey, stay in your house. If you feel sick, stay at home. If not, you know, continue going out. If you're going to go out, yes, use a mask. Hygiene's important. Yeah. Use your gloves. But to tell people to make stay home orders, like that's 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 pretty extreme. Um, the bad parts is just how, how it's affecting people financially because, you know, there's a, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the exact statistic, but it's something around 70, 80% of Americans are two paychecks from being homeless, you know, yeah. and we're getting close to that. You have the homeless issue. You know, these guys are struggling, yeah. you know, all yeah. any gyms they were using to like shower or being taken care of, or even the beaches, you know, the beaches have public, you know, access where they can right. shower and take care of themselves. That's all closed down. You know, and then even food, even restaurants that, that didn't, you know, there was a company, I, I regret that I don't remember their name, but they used to do a negotiation with whatever leftover food restaurants had, they would grab it or buy it at a very low price and give it to the homeless. Yeah, in New York it's called mm-hmm. City Harvest. What's it called? City Harvest. City Harvest, you yeah. know, and, and those, those non-profits, you know, can't function. It's 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 devastating that, that in that bad aspect. Um, yeah. And then the, the other part is it's the unknown. You know, it's like every 15 days something changes and, you know, we, we want to believe, you know, the 15th or May 31st or, you know, but it keeps changing. And I think that's, that's what really bothers us is the unknown. Yeah. I think that's, uh, for me, that, that's, that's the one thing that weighs on me. Right. You know, cause, uh, we're, Business as usual at Meta right now. We're uh, we're wrapping up volume eighteen, um, and uh, on to volume nineteen after June eighth. And uh, we've this has been a really positive for us in a lot of ways, and it's it's hard to celebrate that. Or, um, but uh, it's a funky spot. Like our subscriptions are through the roof. And have been since Congratulations. COVID hit. Yeah, thanks. It's it was tough because um, you know we with this one we had to work with our printer to ship subscript uh, subscriptions out. Um, we typically all that is done in house, you know. So we had to kind of work around uh, a little bit of that. Um, Newsstands are closed, so you know we've got uh, we've got um, to hope that those newsstands open back up to, to get those copies out there. But, um, you know, on one hand, we're doing great. Eyeballs have never been bigger. And, uh, on the other hand, it's basically crickets out there. Um, you know, people are either furloughed, um, budgets are frozen and it's the unknown that you just brought up. That is, uh, nobody knows what to do. Right. As far as like, you know, uh, everything from you know collecting an invoice to making an agreement on a, you know an ad buy or um you know pushing forward on special projects that we had in the pipeline like all that stuff is basically i, I wouldn't say it's come to a halt but um you know i I'd, I'd say that about 60% of that business is you know being parked right now which is tough it, it's very tough, but but I do have to say congratulations on on the success of the magazine currently right now. Just because 
how many people are you guys helping and influencing and distracting people from, you know, being stuck at home or depressed or being driven crazy or even arguing with their significant others? It, it, it's yeah. such a positive thing. And also people are reading, you know, people are actually yeah, getting, that's it. which is huge. That, that's the, definitely people are reading. And I think um, people are wanting to turn off, you know, televisions and phones and, um, and actually have an analog experience, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely benefited us, um, to some degree. And it's, uh, I get a lot of emails from subscribers, um, and quite a few lately, you know, just thanking us for what we do and, um, really enjoying the product that, that they've received. And, uh, when I said earlier, I was writing, um, I got, I got an email from a subscriber um, in the town of Golden, Colorado, saying that he never received this copy. And when <clears throat> when the printer shipped them out, they didn't have tracking on it, right? So I couldn't really track it down. And I uh, I gave the guy a call and uh, just said, "Hey, man, you be around later on because uh, I'll, I'll bring you a I'll bring you that copy today." And he's like, "You'll do what?" And I was like get on my motorcycle and ride over there and drop one off. And uh, I ended up having about 20 minute conversation, making a new friend. Um, but very cool. you know, he was, yeah, it's every now and then I, I keep an eye on subscriptions and orders. And um, there's been a few times when uh, I've got the first one I got was like, uh, I remember it was like four o'clock one day. And I got a subscription locally here in Denver, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just jump on my bike and get that in that mailbox before that person gets home from work. You know, so I do that when I can. You know, just try That's to. That's so cool. Quick question, yeah, uh, cool. not not a question, but since we're getting into the business, can you yeah. can you describe your magazine company? Can you describe your position, your start? Who are you? Yeah. So. Um, I, I'm the founder and publisher of Meta, um, where alongside uh, Ben Giese, who's our creative director, uh, Paul Tamborella, who's uh, our business mentor, and uh, Jason Assad, who is uh, he's actually located in the East Coast. Um, he was one of our original investors. Uh, we're, we're a small team of four people um, on a day-to-day. -day. Uh, ben and I lead the business and, and, um, and the creative efforts. Uh, my role with the business is, um, it's basically a publisher's role where I focus on relationships and making sure the lights are turned on and, and those type of things, um, ad partner relationships and things. Uh, Ben is an amazing person, a great business partner, but, um, he leads all creative for us. Um, we, from time to time, I'll write a story, and um, there was more of that that was going on in the beginning. Where um, with uh, this last volume I, that we're working on right now, I, I wrote one intro for a story. Um, the rest of what I do is um, just the business side of everything. Um, <clears throat> ben came to work for me prior to Meta with another media company that I was an owner in. And uh, 
the two of us had, uh, I'd worked in publishing. My backstory um, goes back to California. I um, started my career at Snowboarder Magazine, um, which was in San Juan Capistrano. And uh, I spent about eight years between snowboarder, uh, skateboarder, and surfer titles, um, working in um, different departments, uh, everything from photo to editorial to marketing in, in those departments, and um, basically was educated through that job um, offering, which was was awesome. Um, but uh, so I had the publishing background, and then Brent, um, Ben had. Um, the design background and uh, over the course of those eight years that that uh, surfer publishing group it was the original name of that group I worked alongside a lot of super talented designers um, and when I started working with Ben I just knew there was something really special um, we had kind of very similar upbringings uh, we're both Colorado natives and um uh, grew up racing dirt bikes um, at, in different eras uh, where I think thir- I'm 13 years older than Ben is. Um, but we we basically did the same things as kids, right? And had right. the same passions and everything else. That's um, very cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so so we were... Yeah, we clicked. He was, um, he was working for DC Shoes um back when i hired him um and you know he was a graphic designer for dc and and doing some really cool stuff um he produced a a a great video with robbie madison and um he he was just different like his style was super rad and um i don't know we just clicked he was the guy that would uh deliver ad creatives to me and, uh, you know, we got to talking and we knew each other kind of through racing, um, but we hadn't really had a friendship in place until uh, he was at D.C. And um, and we just became friends and started talking about, uh, do you, are you familiar with Monster Children Magazine? I, I, I'm not. Monster Children Magazine, I'm not. Yeah, it's... Um, it's a great title. If you if you get a chance, you should visit their website um, I, or, or try to find one at a actually we're pulling a it up right store, now. But yeah, that they uh, those guys were a big influence uh, in regards to taking a leap of faith with Meta. Um, it's just a small independent publishing group out of Australia that did did things their way. Um, it's that's skate um, publication. But, uh, you know, Ben and I were, were, we started talking about there was a void we felt in publishing um, that had more, uh, what's the right way to put it? Um, We felt like there wasn't really an artistic publication in the space that covered multiple genres of motorcycling. Yeah. Um, There yeah, we're dirt bike kids, but we also love riding all kinds of motorcycles and knew what, you know, where we knew where motorcycles could take us, right? On uh, journeys around the world. And, um, 
yeah, in 2014, we started researching, you know, papers and, um, you know, coming, working on different business strategies and how, how can we make this thing work? And, um, you know, we, I spent a lot of time, um, in California talking to uh, potential advertisers and, and that at that time, everybody's like, dude, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, going to print, print's dead. And that was really what part of the spark, you know, print, print will never die. It will change shape, you know, and um, that's exactly what it's doing. And uh, especially over the course but, of the what, what, five, do, what do you, years. what do you mean? It, it, it will change shape. Like, would you consider when it goes digital, that's still a type of print or you're thinking actual hard no, print will always. I, I, yeah. Print will stick around. Right. Um, and it, what, what I mean is if you take a traditional monthly periodical um, before like the boom of online content, right? Um, Those guys have to, they have to change their strategy, right? Like that content's already available online for the most part. If you're doing a bike review or, or um, current events, things of that nature. So, you know, what we wanted to do was tell stories and timeless stories. And we felt like, um, you know, from day one, we've referred to Meta as a print collection. And, uh, you know, the idea was to, you know, build this collection, this print collection. So you pick it up 10, 15 years from now, read that story, and it still applies, right? It's, uh, there, there's nothing, we don't focus on, uh, you know, a race calendar or a championship or anything that really has to do with, you know, a current event. And so that was part of our strategy is evergreen content, um, beautiful landscape. Uh, if you go through our book, you'll notice every, there's not a single page in our book or a fractional anything. It's all spread, um, landscape spreads. And that's something that's kind of unique to Meta. I haven't seen anybody else do that. But um, it's, it's yeah, beautiful. the whole idea was... It's beautiful. Well, we've, been, we've been going through it all week. Um Nice. Question: Do you do you outsource certain photographers, or the reason it's so consistent because you, you you do? Yeah. What what's that? Yeah, process we do. Like? We've, um, <clears throat> it's very interesting, and it's one of the the things that uh, you know. There's a lot of things that make doing what we do enjoyable, but um, you know we we're 18 volumes in now and um, with each volume, you know, we've probably met somebody new, right? Be it a photographer, journalist, a filmmaker, um, a a subject. Um, So we've been able over the years to kind of build a pool of contributors on a global scale that, um, that we do work with. And, you know, each story will, will look at that subject and, you know, it might a, a region might determine who we use to shoot, um, or write. You know, a, a journal a journalist that has a writing style that would um, fit that that story best. So uh, every every story is case by case, um, and like I said, some of it uh, some of it, it we take on ourselves. Um, ben Ben's been doing a a lot of writing. Um, 
over the last couple of years, he's taken on more and more of the editorial stuff himself. But um, yeah, we've got a network of contributors built up now that uh, is pretty deep and talent and, and extremely talented. Um, and we can, on, on a daily basis, we get emails from people that are, would like to contribute and uh, would like for us to look at their work. And uh, it's, yeah, it's there. I remember volumes uh, you know, like vol- volume one and two. Right. Um, we took on the grunt of most of that work, right? We were shooting, we were writing, we were, you know, Ben was designing. Um, and then it seemed like once the product was in the marketplace, that's when the outreach came. Oh, and, it's like um, it's like the old saying: once you build it, they will come. You know. Wherever. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely has happened, and and like I said, it's been great um, because at the end of the day, there's a relationship that's normally built uh, along the way through the process of right. of creating this content, and um, so our community continues to grow, and um, and like I said, we've got get, we now have a ton more friends around the globe that. Uh, that we truly call friends and uh, it's pretty that that's the special stuff to me no that's 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 beautiful can can we talk about two things one um can we talk about the process of one magazine what do you guys do you guys have the stories first or do you guys say hey we're going to do this story how far do you plan out where you you know like the whole process the editing printing you know subscription etc and then after that, I want to talk about the videos because the videos are something else. Um, thank you. Um, the process, uh, we're never super far out, um, and especially with um, what's going on with COVID that's kind of made, made forcing us to get creative and, um, and maybe change up our planning a little bit for this year. But um, moving into... 2020 uh, we decided to go from three volumes a year which we had been at for quite some time um to four volumes and what why re- was it re- at three I'm, I'm, it well what was it the was original, original idea? it was originally at two right um that's what we did the first year uh i, I knew i could get the support or I felt comfortable i could get the support to to do two volumes and you know when we when we launched um you know everything was there was a lot of unknowns you know where was this going to go how are people going to react to it uh, how are we going to build our readership those things and um, we quickly grew out of two and knew that we could get the support to do three and then three was kind of the magic number for quite some time because it uh, it allowed us to truly put our best effort into each book, right? And uh, time-wise, and for us to enjoy what we're doing, which is a big part of of why we're doing what we're doing, is uh, and the success. You know, we want, yeah, we don't want to just be hammered by deadlines, right? Um, that's kind of you know a world we didn't want to be living in that we were both in before, and um, yeah, when we're at three. Um, it was working. Um, the way we were we were getting uh, 
you know, we're growing in a lot of ways. We just had enough time in between each volume to, you know, travel abroad if we needed to, to capture the stories and, um, not kill ourselves being up all night trying to chase deadlines. But we, um, were you, were you, did you have a full, were, were you still working full time another job or, or this was dedicated and you just wanted, you just appreciated the space you guys had? Um, we've, we've been, um, basically working on meta from day one. Um, Ben has a hundred percent. I've, uh, I've had a couple side projects come at me from time to time that I've, I've taken because, uh, you know, it's, um, the, the financial side of things, there, there's a lot of personal investment to get to where we are now. So I, I've, um, I've done a little side work from time to time, but, um, not, not doing that these days. Right. But, um, what we did decided to do this year was to search for a print solution, um, that would buy us more time, um, so we made a print with volume 16. Um, we switched printers for the, for the first time and hope I probably for the last time, we're really happy with where we're at right now. But the, the printer that we went to, um, they're able to basically do somewhere in a 10 to 12 day turnaround from when we drop files to have our finished product back. Um, prior to that, our other printer was 30 to 45 days from dropping files to releasing big, books. Big difference. Big, big difference. So that opened and, and how, up. How many books is that? Oh, when, when we go to print, we print 10,000. Yeah. So we opened up basically about a three month window by moving printers and decided to go for four volumes this year. And, um, so far so good. We're, I had a meeting with Ben today, uh, volume 19. We reviewed all pagination. We talked through the stories and ideas. Um, and so that's, that's now kind of in the can. We know what we're working on. Um, we're, we're working on that prior to being finished with volume 18, which is great. Uh, we're further ahead than we've ever been, um, in 2020. Awesome. In a way, would you say because of COVID-19, in, in, in an interesting way, because of COVID-19, would you guys say that you guys are more focused on, on getting work done from the house remotely, kind of, you know, it's, it's, you don't have that yeah, daily it, distractions, I guess. Um, um, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm just going to change my position here. Yeah, yeah, get comfortable. Um, COVID-19... Um, has really allowed us to, you know, it's allowed us a lot of time to, to really think and think forward. The problem is we don't know what the future looks like, but it really has, um, it's been a gift in a lot of ways, right? It's, uh, it's, I don't know how to really put this right. Um, it's like we're meditating because we're forced to, in a sense. Yeah. Unknowingly. We're, we're kind of re, Right. We're reinventing. Right. And and we're not doing that alone. Everybody's got to is adapting, reinvent, reinventing and, and everything else. And for us, um, you know, it's I don't know, it's been really good. Like I said, we've seen this shot in the arm with subscribers. Um, you know, we've, we've done a, a great job building our readership over the years, you know, but um, 
I think for us, it's, it has, it does feel like we've had more time. Um, it's kind of weird. We, we've been working with um, an amazing lady named Rebecca. She's a business coach for us. First time we've brought somebody like that into our circle. Um, and we worked with her for about the last year leading into 2020. And, uh, you know, the decision to move to four volumes, switch printers to, uh, you know, take on more um, kind of special projects, which would be, video projects that kind of coincide with what we're doing at print. Um, uh, I'll be very blunt. Um, in February, I, I remember uh, riding to work one day and just kind of telling myself like, heck yeah, man, everything you've worked for for the last six and a half, seven years is, is now paying off. Like 2020 is your year. And uh, yeah, that oh, was, yeah. Uh, I was mid February, man. First week of March, I'm just like, God, kidding me? What but, happened? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, that, man, I think that's everybody's reaction, it, dude. And you know, there's there's this alone alone together thing going on. But it, it, my opinion is, um, I think we're all in this storm, but we're all in different ships, right? And, right. uh, um, for, for us, we're going to weather the storm. Like I, we I'm, always do. I'm, yeah, we're good at meta. We're going to, uh, my hopes are that Q3 and four are strong are the strongest quarters we've ever experienced. Um, and we're, we're fine. We're going to make it there for sure. Now, uh, if we're, if we're on lockdown till 2022, that's a whole nother story, right? Yeah. Um, but literally, but, uh, right, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be different. Uh, but for right now we're, we're doing, we're doing just fine. Yeah, no, uh, we've l- got gr- luckily we've been blessed on talking to, to a lot of people and, and you know, this is just my opinion, but I feel, I feel like the everyday distractions, you know, the bar, the nightclub, the lunch, go to lunch instead of instead of eating at home, you know, just a meal, going going yeah. to the restaurant, standing in line, staying in traffic, uh, whatever anybody was getting into, you know, going to the gas station, you know, the three, four times a week, all those unnecessary distractions that are just kind of on our way to work or home, they're gone. Yeah birthday parties it's a bummer but you know birthday parties are a big distraction uh graduations i know it it sucks i mean if if your 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 kids they should graduate but it's it's a week of getting ready it's clothes it's tuxedos it's this it's that and the other weddings again it sucks for the people that can't have their weddings but come on i I was getting invited to a wedding once a month and then that's going shopping for a gift that's it's so much distraction i enjoyed it but the amount of family time and the, the amount of time that I get to spend with, with my, you know, my wife, my, my family, the, you know, having to, you know, focus on them. It's, it's, I think it's more productive. And now when I do have a time, I, I there's look no for, question about that. Yeah. You know, there's no question about it. I, um, I've got a big circle of friends. I, I I'm definitely the, the more social one in our partnership. Um, Benny's a little more um, reclusive and uh, is uh, COVID hasn't really affected him. He likes, he likes to work from his home studio and 
he likes peace and quiet. And I, prior to this, I was the guy that was, you know, always going to meet my friend here and to go do this and to go do that. And at first I would, that was really kind of something I was missing, but, and I've been going on solo rides and spending more time, you know, reading and, um, I, I don't feel that that need to to go out and do do all those things that you're talking about. The distraction, which are fun, nice. I, they're amazing, but it's it's yeah. it's amazing how much time goes into putting that. You know, it's and, amazing how much money goes into that too. That, that, know, that's ac- that's actually why this conversation and this opinion came up with 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 some friends is because we were just talking about how much money you're saving by by not going and taking up every single invitation of well just from working from home you're saving a lot of money especially here in la right they have to drive everywhere yeah. it's ridiculous well, ga- gas was almost five dollars a gallon now it's like 2.99 it's been a, yeah. he, he, this guy right yeah. here i was busting his chops because he drives a prius and and no no disrespect to prius drivers well, but i'm not a fan <laughs> it will be the first i'm time. not a fan it will be the first time that <laughs> and you i don't think do there, there hasn't been an episode where i haven't you know busted his chops <laughs> but you know, it was the commute and, and, you know, gas and the expense, the unnecessary expense. He just came, you know, over to, to the studio in, in a truck. He, he bought a Tacoma, low fi you know, Man. interest rates. And I was like, it's a better truck well, than my I, truck. That's I the got worst a, part. I got an amazing deal. <laughs> They've been closed for two months. And I went there and I was like, well, I know you guys want to sell cars. So let's work this out. Make it happen. Yeah, um, that definitely. Um, you know, for us, I I didn't eat at home, right? Uh, my wife's a school teacher. She's gone first thing in the morning, and um, you know, I was left on my own. I would stop and get a breakfast burrito, go out to lunch, grab grab some dinner, and go to the bar with my friends. Like you, that's one hundred and fifty. I'm now seeing, yeah, yeah, quick, you quick. know. Um, but yeah, we're we're eating three meals a day at home now and uh it's it's cool it's, yeah it's I, I like yeah i think some good things will come out of this you know people that i don't i think people are definitely going to learn that you can work from home i mean look what we're doing right now you know the whole zoom thing is my wife's teaching a whole class of kids every single day um and my kids are learning and doing their schooling at home uh but I think the commute and these workspaces, um, like, yeah, you know, the WeWorks of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. The, uh, yeah. I, I think those guys are going to suffer. I don't think people are, people are going to realize they can just stay at home and get stuff done now. Which and, is, and to even add into the financial aspect part of it, e- even because you go to the bars, you got to buy, you know, a $60 shirt with, you know, $200 pair of jeans. And, you know, yep. the new Jordans just came out and those are, you know, $400. The money we used to spend, nobody's wearing their stuff. Or or you look at the Instagram models, like well, they can't get their lips done or, you know, it's 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 so <laughs> crazy. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, now, but now we're spending it in home re- renovations and, and you're up- riding your upgrades. bike every day. You're I'm not. I'm riding my motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am riding my. That's motorcycle one thing I've day. been, I've been to. I've been uh, riding every day that I can. You know, what do you ride? At first, what what do I ride? Uh huh. 
uh, my daily bikes of triumph, Bonneville. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of. Where are um, cool spots in, in Denver? Where do you usually go? Um, typically, I go over towards Golden. Um, Where, where's that? Is, what, yeah. Golden's just west of Denver, um, depending on on the time of day, you know, 15 minutes from from downtown and you're at the base of the mountains. And so there's, uh, once you get to Golden, there's, you know, multiple different roads that lead up into different mountain uh, trips. So most of the time we're, we're up in the mountains. Um, and then when winter hits, um, we'll, we'll head out east. Um, when you go east of the city, you're basically heading out into the plains. But the uh, the mountain roads get a little sketchy during the winter. With uh, they put down you know, like pumice salt and or pumice rock and, and sand and stuff to help uh, you know cars have better traction, which is pretty sketchy for bikes at some point. But yeah, yeah, I'm used for the most part. Um, you know the rock the Rockies are right down the street from my house. Uh, I can be in the mountains in 15 minutes. Nice. Um, yeah. So you, so you, how far is the Meta office from you? Uh, for Meta office for me is six miles, maybe. Not very far. Nice. Uh, do you have any cool rides, or is it just mainly like city riding? Um, yeah, it's pretty much city riding, getting to the office. And you but, uh, also, you said that this this is the bike that you commute with, but do you have any dirt bikes or any other bikes? Um, yeah, uh, currently I don't have a dirt bike. Um, I uh, I haven't had one for about a year. I'm kind of taking a little time off of dirt bikes right now because of an injury. So what happened? Um, Motorcycle uh, related, <laughs> related or? Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, I came up short on a jump last summer or, or yeah, last September and, uh, ended up getting a couple, uh, fractures in my lower vertebrae. And, uh, yeah, I, I, at that point I've just needed to stay off dirt bikes for a minute and let yeah. my back heal up. Um, I feel like I'm healed up, uh, right now. I feel pretty good. I do ride pit bikes a lot, like little one tens. Yeah. Um, we have a, I have a beautiful pit bike track in my backyard, um, as well as one at the office, which is super fun. So we're, uh, you know, at the office, uh, usually during the summer, we'll wrap up work and go out back. We have a big fire pit and a nice uh, track and Ben and I can race around there and, and do that. But, uh, so your, your, yeah, your life just consists of fun. <laughs> yeah, it does, man. If there's one thing that I'm good at, um, it's kind of having fun. I I figured that one out somehow or another. Um, Meta has definitely allowed us to have a lot of fun over the years. Um, there's been some amazing experiences. Uh, it, you were kind of asking me to maybe dive into some of those. Um, I absolutely, yeah. before we do that, yeah. I just want to get into the videos because I've been seeing some videos and I've been seeing the Instagram post that that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. When did you guys transition to video and, and where um, are you currently doing them and are you going to do any films or, you know? Yeah. So we're, um, 
it was right around volume. It was volume seven. It was a uh, volume seven. Ben and I went to um, Indonesia over to Bali and spent some time with a friend of ours. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, and, And I definitely, hope to be back there sooner than later but we worked with a a guy named dustin humphreys um who was the guy who uh started deus um bali and um dustin and his media team um along with with ben producing we worked on a film while we were out there and so that that was the cover story for volume seven and we released the film component um, alongside the release of the book. And uh, somehow or another, we figured out how to do that ever since. Um, so typically our cover story is also um, supported by a short film. And, and, uh, and that, that helps the, the subscriptions or the sales or promote, like promotes it or, or what's. Yeah, definitely. You know, it allows us to give, you know, readers, uh, an inside look into, you know, what, what's inside the magazine. It, uh, allows us to better tell that story visually and, um, you know, through cinematography. And, um, it's, uh, it's something that I think, uh, as a producer, Ben is, um, really kind of elevated our product by bringing, you know, the, those film ideas to life. So we're, um, you know, we've you know, like four or five different films that we have planned for later in this year. But uh, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, it, it's been great. It's uh, it's definitely something that we didn't set out to do originally, but you know, it's just become a part of each volume now, and uh, and it's great because um, you know we have we work with some partners. Try with. We've done some film work with Triumph, with Danner Boot, with Firestone Walker, um, and it allows us to share these assets with our our supporters and to have a a bigger social reach and create more awareness for each release. And, and it's good stuff. Do you guys um Do you guys usually work with the same uh, filming crew and and or is just is just something that you you guys uh, concepting concepting of the video and then a crew goes and shoots yeah. it or yeah the concepting of of everything will happen in house um, that again has been um, yeah he'll he'll concept and produce stuff um, we do work we work with um, a film company out of uh, Denver here they actually office out of our our same spot um, they're called Voca Films and um, they do amazing work. So the, the majority of the stuff that we're doing here in the U.S. Um, is with, with those guys. Um, we've also worked with, uh, with Dean Bradshaw recently on a film that was done um, uh, with, alongside uh, Firestone Walker uh, based off of Dylan Gordon photographer out of California um, Dean is is amazing um, there's another guy named Sebastian um, that's out of France that is working on uh, he's done this will be his second film uh, the re- release of volume 18 uh, Zanella I believe is his last name um, this is the guy that you talked arch- to me about um, that he was close to Spain and stuff 
No, that's uh, those are other buddies. Um, that, that's Sebas uh, Romero, and those guys do some great film work as well out, out of uh, Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, again, a lot of these. It depends on what that story and that subject is and and who we think can artistically hit that home run for us. So it's a, it's a case-by-case deal. But, um, yeah, that, uh, I would say between Sebastian and uh, Voca Films, those are our kind of go-to guys right now for, for those projects. What percentage of, of these trips do you guys do with the, with the film crew? Uh, say that again. Say, to what percentage of these trips do you get to go to the filming and to ride with them? Are, are you do involved? Do you guys go to all of them, or um, more more than Ben is pretty much on all of those, especially if we have a film project um, involved. Um, ben will be there leading the project um, as a producer. Myself, um, not so much. Um, in the beginning, I, I was uh, I was on more more trips than you know I am these days, and that's just uh, simply because the business is is growing, and um, you know we're, we're a very small team, so it's uh, uh, my my uh, my days are mostly spent in office. But um, you know when we started Meta, you know our goal was to you know let this publication create a life for us. Right. And, uh, it's definitely done that. I've, uh, I've traveled the world, um, already. And over the past six years, I've done a lot of traveling, uh, great experiences. Um, right. The last two years, um, I, I don't think I've left the country for, for two years now. Um, which I'm itching, I'm, I'm itching to, and it's, kind of up to me to figure out wow. you know, what I, yeah, where, what's the, you know, it, it all comes down to really the story, right? Like, uh, um, I, I need to figure that out. Ben and I uh, have been talking about getting back, like just the two of us going um, and doing a trip uh, abroad like we used to do. Yeah. Um, kind of getting, getting back to some of that. But, um, you know, by no means is, yeah, I'm not just at the computer every day. Um, I'm also getting out and riding, and um, you know, I, I ride mo- motorcycles a little, probably more than I should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not, to, just not getting out on the trips that make it to print. I was right? just wondering because um, I see the the cover image of this um, meta film uh, called Immunity, and if I'm you. And I and I and Ben comes back with this video, and I haven't been there. I will probably hit myself for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. There's times when, you know, uh, earlier this year, Ben was Central Coast California multiple times working on shoots, and you know, I'm sitting here just pounding the pavement and trying to make sure that uh, you know we're good to go for the year. But um, you know, so there's there's times when you know, that's, that, that it, it's hard to be here yeah. getting, you know, little check-in calls and they're like, yeah, I was at Big Sur today. It's so beautiful. I love the redwoods, you know, and, like, ah. but at the same time, like, um, I've been pretty blessed with, 
with uh, getting on trips in the past, and I know I know that uh, I'll be on more of them in the future. So, what, what what's been your favorite trip that you've taken in in the past, and and like the most beautiful, oh. amazing, magical trip you've if ever you had? If you have to recommend us one, which one would it be? Ooh, uh, it's gonna be hard to top Indonesia, really? but I'm yeah that. But I will say, um, there's a, there's a trip that we took to Sweden. Um, trying to think which volume that was. I think it was for volume six. It's a while ago. Um, but it allowed us the opportunity. It was a trip that um, we were invited over to Sweden from Husqvarna, uh, and we were we're able to spend time uh, visiting their history museum and um, learning a lot about the brand. Right. And uh, that trip, um, we were alongside some legends on that trip. Uh, Our, our chaperone, if you will, is a guy named Gunnar Lindstrom. And um, he was a motocross uh, world motocross champion and uh, just a legend of the sport. And, um, there, there was, we were in some meetings. There's, it's actually, I think, Husqvarna was going to release the Vitpillin um, 701. Do you guys remember when that bike kind of came onto the market? Yep, the, the, the street one, yeah. Yeah, so they, um, I had seen a, um, some product, some concept images of that bike and fell in love with that motorcycle. And, um, I was two, I think it was two years before I ever saw it in real life. But during that time, you know, we, they brought us over there and, uh, they brought brand managers from different countries. And, um, I don't know, it was, we, we were in some very intimate meetings and dinners, um, that were focused on basically this, the rebirthing of this brand Husqvarna, right. And with all this history and, um, that's when I kind of felt like we were we we're definitely on track with Meta because you know they could have pulled any publication to come over on this trip, but they wanted us to tell the story. And uh, for that reason, that's the trip that really uh, I really feel like that's when things got very real for us. And um, and Sweden's an amazing country and. And great people so that it looks that's beautiful one, it, it looks like uh, there's unlimited roads to ride I, I have a question on indonesia everybody i speak to that goes there is is saying it's a magical beautiful it's a paradise it's peaceful meditation relaxation good environment i hear all that but how's the riding out there is there awesome riding trails is it is it a great place to ride motorcycles or is it just a lot of scooters how would you describe the riding? Um, it's cha- it's just pure chaos to be honest with you because um, there are you know the majority of vehicles on the roads are scooters and motorcycles right and and um, you know people it, it was it took a, a lot to get used to you know, for me you're How riding you on there? the opposite opposite side of the road we're I think we're there for maybe eight days okay uh, we did do a lot of off-road riding. And that we were, 
riding in locations. Um, we rode in uh, Java and Bromo, um, different volcanoes that we went to visit. Um, we, we definitely had never even seen a volcano, let alone right at the base of one. Um, so we got to experience some just amazing landscape and, um, you know, that's, uh, yeah, just so different it's, culture. And so it, it's the it nature. Was, it was, yeah, the nature was insane. Like we didn't do a whole lot of street riding when we were there. Yeah. We were going to different locations to film and ride dirt bikes and whatnot. Um, but it's, uh, certainly is beautiful. Um, the people over there are very kind, um, lots of smiles and, um, just people welcome you, you know? That's awesome. Um, Yeah. I really enjoyed it over there a lot. It was was awesome. Um, what, what country, uh, what country is your favorite for writing that you just saw? um, It would just, it just looked like a paradise. You know, my, if I could be anywhere riding right now, I'd be in Baja, California. Baja? I think that, yeah, I just, that's, it has a special place in my heart. I've spent a lot of time um, riding down in Baja over the years. And uh, I think that's kind of off road. That's the freest I've ever felt is, is when I'm in Baja. Um, it's, it's a pretty special place for me. Um, when's the last time you were there um four years ago i think and and what do you do you bring your bike or you rent a bike or um i used to go on an annual trip down there um where i think we've i've brought bikes down there in the past but i've also um have a good relationship with husqvarna and they've helped i've either flown into uh, San Diego and had some bikes there ready for me, which I'm really grateful for that. So but, convenient. Um, I've also, I've also driven out there with my own bikes over the years. Um, we work pretty closely with a brand called FMF, um, their exhaust company, uh, in motocross and, uh, Donnie Emler, who's, uh, basically runs FMF, uh, junior, his dad founded the company, uh, Donnie's put together uh, trips where he pulls different people from the industry together and uh, a good group of, of friends and industry guys that get down there. And they, you know, it's usually maybe 30 of us that take off and ride for a week or so and come back. And um, yeah, the, those are, those are the best trips. It's so freeing, my, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's great, man. Um, you know, you ride into like a city of Ensenada. It's a real city. Um, 30 guys on dirt bikes just rolling through the city and cops waving at you, you know. And um, another thing that's really cool down there, too, I, I like to talk about this because it's, uh, it's neat. But, you know, there's a lot of poverty in in uh, that area or in Mexico. Um, but do we been to so many like little super small villages you know and and these these kids they'll they'll line the streets when they hear the motorcycles coming and you know they just want high fives right and uh, it's you see these little kids no shoes they don't have much at all right right basically those kids don't have comic books they don't have tv right they don't have superheroes they don't have anything right? right they don't have 
yeah, so the motorcyclist, the, the dirt bike rider, because of the Baja 500 and, and 1000 and just all the motorsports history in Baja, we're, we're their heroes, right? Like right. They, they don't know who Spider-Man is because they've never been to a movie theater. They don't have a TV, right? Yeah. Um, that, but yeah, Network those little guys, man. Get there. No, it certainly doesn't, especially in those really small villages. So, you know, when when you ride through a community and and you get to stop and you know put a kid up on your bike and you know uh, give them high fives. Or, oh man, that's the stuff that that I'm really big on. Yeah, I, I, I've experienced that in two places. I experienced that. I was in uh, in 2016. I was in Mumbai. And, and the cutest thing that ever happened was I was in the back of a taxi drinking a Red Bull and, uh, I was, I was halfway through the Red Bull and this little six year old girl was like selling books on the street, you know, no shoes, just dirty, very pretty, but she was happy and she was with her sister yeah. and, and she knocks on the window and she's like book. And I was like, of course I'll take a book. And then I, you know, I gave her, you know, some money and then she looks at my Red Bull and she's like, you know, can, can I have it? I'm thinking, oh, she's going to recycle, you know, the cans or I don't know what they're doing. I give it to her. She grabs it, pounds the Red Bull, throws it on the floor and just smiles and says bye. And I was just like, that, that's amazing. She, <laughs> she really just wanted to enjoy that. And the other country that I experienced that a lot is Cuba. Every time I go to Cuba, it's the nicest, most honest, most simple. Like, like because it's communist, money has no value. They have no stores. So the simple, you know, they're the nicest people. You give them a shirt or some old shoes or whatever the case is. They're they're so happy and it's and, it's it's and smiling. I bet there. I've never seen people happier ever. When I was there in 2017, they they still didn't have Facebook. There was no yeah. Wi-Fi. There was no uh, iPhone. Didn't work over there, and it, it's just. Like maybe one time I ran into some guy trying to sell me something that I don't know, he probably took from somewhere. Two people down, this lady walked up to me and says, don't, don't, that, that, that's not a good, like everybody knows everybody, you know, and everybody communicates. And, and it's just, it's so authentic compared to, you know, I mean, I don't want to say everybody in the U.S., but it, it's, it's more yeah. authentic because they, they, they have, they have nothing. They really have nothing. So it wasn't a meta trip, but it was with my business partner, Paul, um, who um, over time, he, he's uh, with his other businesses, he works on um, setting up um, me- de- dental teams and medical teams and um, helping communities in, in need globally, right? So I, I, he invited me to Haiti um, well, maybe three or four years ago, um, following Hurricane Matthew, we went to Haiti to help rebuild some homes, help uh, source some food. Um, uh, it, it was it was an amazing experience. But uh, I mean, these people had nothing. I mean, nothing, right? And uh, the one thing I was just blown away with was everybody was smiling. Like it, it was, it was, it's really hard to see that. Right. Like, uh, right. They had an earthquake then, prior to that. Then they had the hurricane and they're yeah. completely flooded. They have no power. There's no resources. Uh, it, it's so complicated and they're happy. 
They're happy to be alive. They're happy to see their family. Ha- have you guys noticed also that um, in, in a lot of these places that we sh- wouldn't expect to see people that happy, they also have not physical boundaries at all. Like, I don't know if you guys have experienced anything like that, but um, I, I think a, a year ago, uh, I go to Spain every year, right? So last Christmas, uh, I went with my wife and my kid to to Morocco, right? To Marrakesh. And everybody would just pick up my kid from the floor. And we're talking about a two-year-old. And we'd just be like, oh, my God, you're so cute. And, and I was like, wow, this would never, ever happen in the U.S. A guy would just <laughs> randomly pick Random up your kid from the floor. And, I'm, and my wife is, like, terrified. And I was like, wait, hold on. See what he does with the kid. And he would just, like, bring him up and try and make him laugh. And then put him in the floor and leave. And I was like, wow, this, is, this wouldn't fly at all in the U.S. At, at all. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. And that's one thing about Meta that I'm, I'm super grateful is, um, you know, to be able to to experience different cultures. And um, yeah, we we were put we were working on a Cuba trip um, a few years ago, but the logistics just didn't work out. Um, we we're hoping to get down there. Uh, it's beautiful. You you have to hurry and do it just because. I'm Cuban. It's well, my my nationality is Cuban, um, but, yeah. But you know, I've I've traveled to UAE. I've seen. I mean, I've been to desert. I've been everywhere. Cuba is is time traveling to the fifties, seeing those cars. Uh, the yeah. islands huge. The 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 waters are virgin. You know, in, in the sense of, you jump off. There's waterfalls by Pinar del Rio that you jump into, and when you land in the water there is thousands of fish swimming around you, covering you. Uh, you. You don't even see that in Hawaii. You know, there's been so much hunting and so much fish, you know, getting, you know, dying or being, you know, hunt, um, hunted. Fished. Yeah, fished. That they say it's it's empty. It's not what it was, you know, in the 80s. Cuba's mm-hmm. sea life, island life, uh, people, it, it, it's, it's crazy. But now that the Wi-Fi is there, now that there's Facebook, now that there's smartphones... I can see how yeah. quickly it's going to change. And that that's why I, I strongly suggest for anybody, like, go now, you know, because it's going to change in the next five years. But if you want to yeah. time travel and, and, and see historic anything, you know, that that's that's one of my, my favorite places. Yeah, we did quite a bit of research um, in anticipation of doing that story. And um, I'm, I'm definitely eager to get over there and check it out for sure. Yeah. Um, what what's the what's the future for for Meta Magazine? What what are you guys looking forward to doing? What are you guys going to launch? What can we all expect? What's what's the next um, big thing? Uh, next big thing is was you know, four volumes a year. Uh, what we're really focused on right now internally is um, <clears throat> simplifying things, and kind of COVID has helped us there. Um, what we wanted to do is. We build our staff a little bit more. Um, we've got some great people here. Um, I have two people that work for me part time, but uh, grow our staff a little bit. But then, I think the next best big thing for us is um, Ben and I doing another international trip like we used to do. Yeah. Um, just getting into the rhythm of what we're doing, um, which we're in. We're in it right now. We're just. It's, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're further ahead than we've ever been with our planning. Um, 
and really under, you know, I brought up Rebecca earlier, um, uh, our business coach, but she, she, she really drilled into us or opened us up this year to figure out, you know, what we understand what our vision of success is um, yeah. as a group. Right. And, um, and we've built a roadmap um, to get, to get there over time. And uh, I think that's the most exciting thing right now is we know where we're going. We, we know what success means to us and, uh, and we're confident that we can achieve that. Um, it's kind of funny. Jaime, I think I mentioned this to you, but uh, in our last, one of our last meetings uh, with Rebecca, we talked about um, three, five, and ten-year goals, and uh, yeah. one of my goals was uh, to have an office. And uh, I threw Barcelona out there, so I would love to maybe live in Spain for a little bit, and and um, you know, my kids will be gone to college by then, and I'd like to go live abroad. Um, uh, my family is uh, originally my grandfather's from Italy, and I've spent a ton of time there. I love Italy. But, it's um, beautiful. Thought, it's it's unfortunate what they're yeah. dealing with. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah. Same same deal with in Spain as well. You know, but the yes, yeah, I, I think yeah, Spain yeah, right now is the both. worst country. I think of um, I, I don't uh, think it's beat it. Has it beat it? Oh yeah, big time. Oh um, my god, it's be, it's beating man mm. by by the amount of deaths per population, right? Um, but if I can only give you one advice, try and if you move into Spain. Please move to a place that doesn't want to separate from Spain. That would be ideal, you know. What, what do you yeah. mean? Doesn't want to separate you from Spain? Yeah, well, no, not separate him. Separate itself from Spain because oh, you know Barcel, you know Barcelona and Catalonia in general doing big attempts to try and separate from the country, and we all should. We all should try and not visit them, you know, if because they don't they're trying to separate themselves to for not associating themselves with the culture of Spain and they just don't realize mm. that the only thing that they have, you know, of tourism is because they're part of Spain and part of the culture, right? And you know yeah. hopefully people realize that it's basically visiting Cat Catalonia once they separate is basically visiting North Korea. So Wow, I hopefully, guess I wasn't aware. yeah. That was the only place. I, well, that was one of the places I didn't get to see when I was there. I was in Madrid and uh, Valencia. Well, there's there's a couple of buildings that you can Google, and other than that, <laughs> that's, that's pretty it. much it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that's some good insight. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, and, and yeah. I know I know that is there is a great place because it's close to France and the Pyrenees and stuff. But and the church. Um, yeah, the La Sagrada Familia. But other than that, again. Oh, you know, you can, you can get out a little bit, <laughs> you know, like a couple of miles from the border of, of Catalonia and you'll be exactly as said. Um, <laughs> when, when did you guys start getting, uh, because Jaime pulled up your, your sponsorships, uh, you know, supporting partners. When, when did you guys start getting mm -hmm. your supporting partners and, and is there anything, any shout outs you want to do about them or? Um, yeah, well, you know, we were. And they're, we're they're really all amazing forced. ones. Yeah, that we've worked with some some great partners, uh, and a lot of those partnerships um, are true friendships at this point, right? Um, we from day one, uh, volume one of Meta, um, I was able to get some support within the industry 
And a lot of that um, I attribute to my publishing company prior to Meta uh, was focused on motocross uh, specifically, but it opened me up to manufacturers, to different brands. If you look at volumes one and two, even three uh, of Meta, they were our, our original, they were more motorcycle, motocross centric than, but it was really volume four of Meta that I really feel like we started figuring out where we were going as far as editorial direction. And that was to cross more genres of motorcycling. Um, but we've had, we've had uh, great partnerships, um, you know, from day one, we have partners that, that, uh, you know, told me I was crazy to, to go to print in a digital time. And, um, however, they wanted to support this. It was unique. It was rad. And I, I think, uh, I think for the most part, some of those companies probably thought, well, let's support it. But the reality of a print magazine, you know, making it is uh, slim to none. And it really is a specialty, specialty publications. Um, and not, not many of them make it past their first year. Um, I'd say 90% of them are done after their second year. Yeah. There's, there's so, so many uh, hurdles. Yeah, there's a lot of hurdles. You know, you have to, you got to build a readership and you've got to have a product that people really want and it's got to be authentic and real. And um, I and, think that's... And it's complicated because you, you, I mean, the first thing I started thinking is just the, the, the limitation of distribution, distribution, you got to count on the printers, you got to count on the picking up, you got to pick up on the delivery, you know. The, you guys have also mm-hmm. the longest list that I've seen in a motorcycle magazine of distribution, as you said. Um there's a specialty shops yeah. have a huge list, and then just bookstores. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you that story because it's kind of interesting. Um, That's amazing. It was it volume going. volume two that we decided to go after distribution. Um, volumes one and two were just single copy sales and subscribers. And uh, I reached out to Barnes & Noble uh and I got a conversation going with them. The lady was, and she was, she was very kind of stern. She reminded me of like a really mean principal, right? Uh, at school or something. Right. And, and uh, Just grumpy, said, all right, like, uh, yeah, basically she told me, she goes, here's the deal. You know, I, I want you to, you know, submit this paperwork that includes our business plan, our vision, you know, it, it was probably six pages worth of, of stuff that I had to write up. And, and so uh, she, she kind of was for, like a grumpy principal giving you homework. <laughs> oh yeah. A lot of homework. And, of- you know, she said, you know, make, make this make sense to us. And, uh, and then, uh, and she told me, she goes, uh, send that and a copy of volumes one and two to me. And, uh, and then she, this is where it's kind of funny. She says, and then I want you to go to your mailbox eight weeks from the time you send me that package and look for a letter from me. And if that letter's not there in eight weeks, then go back to your mailbox in nine weeks. And she says, but what you don't do is you don't email me. You don't call me. Oh, wow. She says, you'll, you'll hear back from me, whether it's yes or no, by way of mail, 
end of story. Eight Good to luck. nine weeks. That's it. Yeah. So I, um, I remember getting off that phone call with her and I told Ben, I said, man, um, I don't think we're going to get into Barnes and Noble based on this conversation with this lady. Um, she was, she was literally was not nice. She was just kind of mean about everything. I was like, ah! and, uh, it was less than two weeks after I sent the package to her. She called me out of the blue and I was, I was really shocked to get a phone call. And she said, Hey, I, uh, I'm reviewing your magazine. I'm looking at your business vision. And she goes, congratulations. Um, I can sell this. And I said, yeah. She goes, it's timeless. She goes, I, I can sell this on the, on the periodical stand. And that's where I mentioned earlier, periodicals, your traditional magazines are, are struggling. They're not selling because that content is available on, on, Online. Yeah, online, right? For the most part, right? That's where people are getting that kind of information. Um, so, you know, there was our recipe for our content recipe was what um, landed that deal at Barnes and Noble. And uh, so our distribution company um, is now called ANC. It was uh, TNG to begin with, but. Um, Basically, once we got approval for Bards and Doble, they put us in touch with the distribution company that handles um, distribution. And so how that works is, you know, it's an initial order of X amount of magazines, and then they put them into all different regions, and they have regional buyers that um, that basically they'll report on how many copies were sold. And that's how a magazine makes it to the front of a rack versus one that's in the back of the rack. The right. ones that sell better move up forward. And, you know, we started learning that, but our distribution company also works with a lot of independent bookstores and, um, you know, magazine stands in cities like San Francisco and New York, you know, where, where you see magazine stands. So we, we have, um, a team of people, um, that I don't know on a personal basis. I have one representative at the distribution company that basically that team reports to them. They'll bring in a publication. They know who we are now, right? But um, in the beginning, they <clears throat> the distribution company had to educate their sales team as to you know what our publication was and uh, what market we fit into. And, and so now per volume, you know, there's, the numbers always vary just a little bit, depending on how we might have sold in, you know, Indiana, um, in certain stores. So, <clears throat> but there's a team of people that shop us out to newsstands and, and everything else. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, an impressive list. Looking at the website, there's just so many, and and that's that's a yeah. great accomplishment to get a distributor uh, so soon. It, yeah, it was really, it was a surprise to be quite honest with you. You, you guys know, must have um, been stoked. Yeah, we were, we were pretty happy, man. That was uh, the last thing I expected was to ever hear back from that lady. Um, I should go through my emails one day and try to try to look up that <laughs> her name and maybe send her a thank you letter. But um, yeah, so I, I think the product has, has sold itself at some level. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, and uh, not, not being overconfident or anything else, but um, uh, we do a good job. And, well, um, I think I, I think I told you when I called you. I think I told you when I called you the first time. I have most of your volumes, and actually we were going down the list before. And I was thinking, oh, I don't think I have this one. I have to buy it. Uh, and most of them are still in the original plastic because I open them, yeah. I read them with as 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 careful as I can, and put them back like if it was an old comic, just because awesome. it's, it's so pretty, man, that I want to keep it. Like intact. I don't even know for what or for the future or <laughs> you know. I hope my yeah. kid likes motorcycles. Or but, yeah. but but when I see a product that is made with as much love as I would put into, uh, I I feel like I have to keep it like if it was a collectible almost. Well, that's that's exactly what we set out to do. Is what you just explained, and it's something about the product we should talk about a little bit is. Um, there's like the papers we use, the coverings we use, and even our process of being uh, what they call offset uh, sheet fed process, um, which is, you know, it, we, we don't print digitally, right? Um, <clears throat> it's, it all, when we first released Meta, I was I was dying to get feedback, right? I was like, oh man, what are people going to think about this? And uh, one of the first things I remember was uh, a couple emails or, or messages of like, wow, this smells so good. <laughs> and it wasn't something that I had really taken into consideration because we didn't have the end product until we got volume one. But, you know, the whole um, sheet fed offset process um creates a certain smell and um, there's a lot of things that we could do to save a lot of money through the print process that that we choose not to do and um, it wouldn't be the same quality right if we were to print digitally you would lose that smell and you know my my job is to look at all that stuff and to make sense of it and um yeah, I have uh, I have some other friends in the in uh, that are publishers and um, act as mentors for me at times. And I was talking to one of uh, one of my guys. Uh, name is Dan Brogan. He has uh, a publication out of Colorado called Fifty Two Eighty. And I was telling him, I was like, Dan, I can save thousands of dollars if I go digital. Um, so nobody will. Ben and I will recognize the difference, um, but for the most part, our readers wouldn't. And uh, he he told me, he said, "Man, it's uh, it's like it's like coffee. It's like a bag of coffee." And um, he said, "You lose that, man. You're losing the soul of your product." Right? Absolutely. He said it's part of the experience. And um, yeah, so how, 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 would, how would you compare, because I think you'd be the only person, well, not the only person, but I think you'd be one of the best people to ask this comparison. How would you compare the difference from reading your book versus reading it online? Like the difference between something physical and, and online. An ebook or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I don't think you could really compare them. Um, down to the, the papers and the, the coatings, it there's a true physical experience you get out of the book. Um, 
and not not trying to over sensationalize it, but no, no. Um, it's, it's what it, you believe. It, you proved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's not. I I will say it's not the best book to read on an airplane because right. of the landscape. Um, we've had, I, I've gotten a lot of feedback on from people, you know, yeah. but, uh, but um, you know, it's we do repurpose content for for online. You know, we we pull up stories from past volumes to put it out there, and uh, but to me, it's 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 not the same whatsoever. Um, for and I'm not knocking online. Um, you know, I I get online a hundred times a day to do different things, but I think um, it's you know it, it'd be the difference between listening to a record on a record player and you know, downloading something on Spotify. Right. Or watching so, it on YouTube. It, yeah. That'd be, that'd be a, a decent comparison. That's a great you know? comparison. That's yeah. a very good comparison. There, there's some, there's something special about having a physical, physical connection with a product, a product. And um, that's what I love so much about it. And, and it's real. It, it, it's physically, yeah. it's physically real and in front of you and you can pass it on and hand it down and take it with you in the car. Yeah. And you don't have to charge and, it. <laughs> yeah. Nope. And man, when you think about, we were talking about photographers and uh, and journalists and and Ben as a designer. Um, that 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 stuff's meant for print, right? It's um, it's it's preserving your work. It was really important to both of us. Is you know. 20 years from now, I can go back and pick up my work. And if I was doing that online, you know, who knows what I'm online is going to look like in 20 years from now, but the shit's right. going to be archived and, and everything else. And, um, you know, for us, it, it, there's a lot of personal satisfaction that comes out of, you know, in your work. And I, I can, uh, I'll backtrack for a little bit, but when I was, um, when I was a kid, I uh, I was uh, severely dyslexic, right? And um, I was born with my right eye was eighty uh, percent stronger than my left eye, so I was forced to go to the eye doctor and to do as much reading as I possibly could. And um, my mom would take me to the this little place called Owl Bookstore. You know, probably a couple times a week to look for magazines, and I'll, all I do is buy motorcycle magazines. And, uh, and I was obsessed with magazines from a really starting about the third grade. I just had every motorcycle magazine, motorcycle book you could ever imagine. Um, <clears throat> and <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because all these years later, you know, I, I'm publishing my own, Absolutely, but yeah. I had it. I had a real connection with um, with magazines for that reason. They were my tool to help strengthen my eyes and to help to work on uh, on, uh, on my dyslexia. And uh, yeah, the last thing I ever really imagined I would do um, was to write a story. And uh, I'll leave <laughs> I'll leave sentences out all the time. Yeah. Ben will be like. 
hey, dude, what were you writing here? You left like a whole sentence out. And I'll go back. I'm like, oh, God. I'm, <laughs> just, yeah, in your head. Yeah, it's the way your brain is wired. Yeah. It, it worked. Yeah. So it's, uh, to me, it's special that way because I, I had to overcome a lot of stuff um, when I was younger to, uh, in regards to writing and reading and everything else and to, uh, to, all these years later to have a, a product like this in the marketplace is, uh, is special to me for those reasons as well. Yeah, I, I, I can see the value. I mean, you, you've obviously done a great job and your your team has done a great job in creating so much value and it, it represents how much this means to you guys. Um, a, a yeah, it, it does. Um, ben as well, you know, he, um, like I said, man, I've, I've worked with a lot of, different creatives and designers over time and he's just um where you know there, there's been times where we probably he probably wants to kill me more than i want to kill him sometimes <laughs> but uh <laughs> we're uh I, i'm just so blessed to work along some beside somebody like uh and i tell ben this often i told him just the other day i make sure to tell him that how grateful i am to work alongside him and um He's a super intelligent dude and uh, very, he puts a ton of thought into everything he does. And just having that partnership is super special as well. That's yeah, a beautiful thing. Congratulations on that. Um, can we talk, yeah. can we talk about your, um, I, I see your prices, which is amazing value for what you're getting and the quality of work and all the manpower, but I see you have subscription options. Can, can you talk about that? What you offer to the public? Yeah, so now um, we just changed our subscription model um, with the release of Volume 17, which is our first volume of 2020. And uh, uh, we before it was a one-year subscription for, which was three volumes for $45. Um, and we didn't have the software or weren't using software that allowed us to have like automatic renewal. Right. We had that software a few years ago and it just, it was dated and didn't work well for us. So we decided just to do it. it basically managed a subscription would run out. We'd have that tagged and we know to send out reminders to all those people. But um, this year we were able to set up um, uh recurring subscriptions where people are only charged per volume. Um, we brought our price down because at the end of the day, we don't make money off, off of subscriptions. You know, there, there's a little bit of profit there, right? but um, the end goal is eyeballs. And that, that's the, that's our, our end goal with everything that we do. And so we, we decided to, to cut our pricing down as well. And um, just, make it there's a lot of conversation that went into it um ten dollars is an easy number right yeah. and uh versus 45 to commit to um <clears throat> so now if you subscribe you have the option to opt out at any time if not then you're just it's you're charged to, so again with the release of each book so ten dollars that's uh, every three months because that roughly Four volumes a year, so forty bucks a month. Yeah. You get four. No, forty bucks a year. Forty forty dollars a year. For, Sorry, thank you. Yeah, and you and you get these these masterpieces. 
that yep. so much um, work is, is involved and quality. And then if you miss yeah. one, you can buy one for sixteen ninety five, or if it's an old one, uh, yeah, fifteen bucks or something. Sixteen ninety five is our newsstand price, um, and we left that alone. You know, I think uh, that it's amazing. The, it's a good price for the newsstand, even yeah. to be honest with you. Um, you know, we we're able to to create some comparisons with other uh, other titles out there, but. Um, yeah, so we're we're gonna stay at sixteen ninety five on the newsstand, um, at least for this year, um, and probably moving forward there. And but, and what uh, about what about the ones that um, what about the ones that are sold out? Are they sold out forever, or they're gonna come? You're gonna print out a few more, or how does that work? Because you said ten thousand, right? Yeah, yeah, those are sold out forever, unfortunately. Oh, so um, collector's I, editions. And, yeah, uh, we have a we have our own secret stash, of course. Um, I'm gonna need but, some more than uh, others. What's that? I'm gonna I'm gonna probably need a couple of them. I don't know which ones is sold out, <laughs> but I think I've been I've been eyeballing, yeah. I've been eyeballing number. Uh, I think it was uh, number twelve, and yeah. if my wife would have seen that cover, it would be in a. It would be in a the Palm Springs. Yeah. No, the no, palm, no, yeah, the yeah, Palm Springs that one. one. That, yeah, it's a. If if I had yeah. that magazine, it would be probably hanging in my wall, and I haven't seen it. So, so that means that probably I don't have it. So start start looking into yeah. your, your secret stash. Secret stash is really small, to be honest with you. Um, we finally got to a point where I we, we just got to hold on to these because ten years from now we're, we need them. So down the road, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna always have value. Actually, more value. Yeah, we. We won't sell that small stash. That's just for our personal, you know, archive. Um, it's it, the good problem is that we sold out of those volumes. You know, it's uh, it sucks because now we can't reprint those, right? Um, yeah. We can't do like a small run because set up and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe in time if things are going super great we could throw some extra money at that, but, uh, it's, Do like it's an pretty much one in de- limited anniversary edition or, or something. Exactly. Or put out, um, you know, maybe put out a pull stories from a few of those volumes and put out a special one-off book. Um, yeah, there, there's some ways to do it, but reprinting a complete volume is, uh, the minimums are, it would never make sense. I mean, right? one thing so. that comic books do do is um, once it's past like five years, they will come up with a book like this thick with all the volumes in one. And yeah, that will be we've an thought amazing, about doing something like that. An amazing uh, coffee yeah. table book. Yeah, we've we've definitely okay. kicked around the idea too of, um, you know, in the future, creating a, a real book you know that is ad free and is you know a, a bigger coffee table style book mm-hmm. um I, I i think in time we'll we'll be that might be something like you said what's next is uh um, yeah. is creating a an actual book and i think we're, we're still technically a magazine because we're ad supported and um but we we've definitely over the years talked about how nice it would be to have a, a, a true book 
what is the percentage what is the percentage that you guys have in in ads what do you think that it will be a good percentage of content versus ads um i think our ratio is uh, there's 14 ads per each book um 120 so i think we're what is it uh, we're like 70 to 30 okay. uh, content versus versus That's ads so good. And That's so good. that that question is um brings up this point too we've from day one we've really encouraged our partners to focus more on their brand um rather than product or a new colorway um or you know just as an example uh, not every brand can do that um the ones that uh, have agency builder creatives is a little bit tougher to get that message across to people yeah. um but for the most part our ad partners, I feel, do a really good job creating ads specifically for Meta, and uh, so that important. I take a lot of. Pr- yeah, it's super important, and it's something that it's kind of cool because um, sometimes there's there's ads that are only seen in Meta, right? They're not putting, they're not using that same campaign or strategy. Yeah, for the other books that they're in, so, which, which uh, is which is important for them because you know I, I I've go through many magazines and if it's the same ad, same picture, same you know generic you know thing, I I'll, I'll mm-hmm. look at it once, but the moment I recognize that I've seen it before, I'll, I'll just skip it, you know, because it, it has, yeah, it has it, it, it's not personalized. It's obviously it's just copy paste, copy paste. So that that that's yeah. a huge value for your magazine. That's a huge value for your partners, and especially also when you do ads that are more brand image, um, you know, uh, re- related. Uh, in a magazine like yours, that you guys are trying to do a temporal stuff that doesn't run out of time in any moment, you're not showing yeah. basically a t-shirt that you're selling now, or a shirt, or a jacket. It's it's, a, it's brand image uh, recognition. Basically, it's an image of what. You know, those ex machina is represented by, so it looks more like real content than yep. you know. Look at my new boots and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, I've had some cases, and it's usually, um, you know, maybe people that aren't motorcyclists. Um, I've ha- I've had uh, I've had a couple incidents where people are like, "Wow, this is amazing! How do you do this with no advertising?" And when I've, I've heard that a handful of times over the years and that always makes me feel like we're doing our job. Right. right? Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. There, there's a brand, um, that's uh, forever two wheels that, um, <clears throat> they do an amazing job. Um, that they, they've never advertised any product, right? They basically, they, they, illustrate their ads specifically for meta and that it's just it's basically their artwork submission um for for each book and and i just love it you know um it's uh it's cool to see that happen um there there's definitely a difference between branding and advertising and i i think we're you know when we first came at them with no readership and said hey here's our ad rates you know, people are like, dude, what are you thinking? And I said, hey, I, it was kind of a, it was a hard sell in the beginning because I said, hey, look, I want you to advertise in print, A, um, 
we only have spreads that are going to cost this much. Yeah. And I, I'm going to tell you that we don't want traditional advertising from your brand. So I had to really, really open some eyes and conversation to get people to go, Hey, yeah, that's right. But I, with the spread ads and the landscape ad, it's that it's about that position, right? It's about that, having that space to work within. And um, <clears throat> a lot of it, you know, manufacturers, we've got support from, you know, a lot of manufacturers, but other than that, we try to keep like, um, you know, the, your share of voice, you know, to, um, you're not going to have maybe five competitors in our book, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're an eyewear company, like a hundred percent, you're our eyewear partner. That's um, it. You know? Yeah. So we've been able to kind of categorize things and create that exclusivity for partners as well. And that's, that's so been, awesome. And I, and I'm sure all your, yeah. all your partners are very satisfied with that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're stoked. Um, and I, I work personally really hard to create added value wherever I can. Um, I don't sell anything digitally, right? Like there's banners on our website, but those are, that's added value to the print by, um, uh, again, prior to Meta, I was uh, owner of a digital publication and I, I hit burnout, um, you know, back in 2014, uh, digital burnout. And I, I've always thought <clears throat> that, you know, if traditional advertising can't support what we're doing, then we don't need to do it yeah. you know, or, you know, we can't do it. Right. So, um, you know, we do find support through special projects when we're doing higher level film things and stuff. There's budgets that open up there, but uh, for the most part, we're supported. Um, you know, our revenue streams are, are primarily advertising and then apparel and things like that. You know, there's a couple different streams that, that all come together, but the bulk of it is advertising sales that keeps us, keeps the lights on. And, and, and briefly, how, how is, um, how is the apparel doing and how did you guys choose your apparel and how would you describe the apparel that you guys have on your site to, to the listeners? Um, the apparel's gone great, especially over the course of, uh, in 2019, we teamed up with a company called, uh, for printing superior Inc. And they're uh, also Denver based, but they, uh, they have a relationship with um, a brand called All Made Apparel. And All Made um, is an amazing company. And um, there's actually a video that I can send you guys a link to that we, we did with All Made. But they, um, yeah, they, they basically use a lot of recycled materials to, to build their apparel. And, um, and they use less... Um, chemicals a lot less chemicals than traditional i learned a lot about shirts um i never knew this but just like a white hanes t-shirt over 200 gallons of water are used on one t-shirt alone Whoa. traditionally what, what what is the justification uh, for that it's the process it's just the process of, of how how they do things there's so much waste Cleaning, going filtering, on out there processing yeah I, I can't washing out chemicals, uh, you name it. But, 
Um, this brand all made makes a, a beautiful shirt. They, uh, they have the shirts sewn and, um, the garments put together in Haiti so that, um, you know, part of their goal, their whole goal is, is to, you know, reduce the impact of, of um, chemicals the and carbon footprint and to use the carbon footprint, but also to, um, give a country like Haiti the opportunity, give jobs to people that need it. Right. Yeah. And so, so we've teamed up with those guys and, um, we really made our first strong apparel push in 19 and, um, it, it's been amazing. Our, our stuff sells very well. Um, yeah, I and, see and a bunch it's, of it's sold out. Yeah. Wait, we're once this kind of COVID thing lifts, it's right back to producing more, more apparel. Um, that's, that's one of the first things that we need to get done, but, um, it's fun. Ben does all the designs, uh, all, everything's done in house. Um, and, uh, we at our workspace, we have, um, our apparel for sale as well. Yeah. So like meta meta is open to the public on a daily basis. We don't, we don't push ourselves as a retail shop, you know, cause, uh, it, we have thoughts of, of going in that direction, but, or, Right now, our, our focus is on publishing, but people can stop in, buy a copy of the magazine, meet our staff, uh, get some shirts, and, and do that whole thing. So it's uh, what about it, your, it's done very. What about your jerseys? Your jerseys are not from All Made, right? No, the jerseys we had made uh, from a company that's out of California called Canvas, and um, yeah, uh, that's an old relationship through racing. Uh, Michael Lieb is the owner of Canvas, and uh, uh, he's I've known Michael for 20 years through professional racing, and he's doing something very unique in the in the uh, apparel space, uh, the motocross apparel space. So uh, we've been trying to support him for obvious reasons, and uh, he puts out a really good product as well. Yeah, jerseys, man, those things they sell out instantly. Instantly, um, yeah. well, which is a cool. lot. A lot of stuff was already. Like I said, sold out, which is which is amazing. I mean, what yeah, what, what you cool. what you've guys built and what you guys are doing, anybody that's seen it will know and appreciate the value. Anybody that who hasn't seen it, hopefully, will see it now and and even appreciate it some more. Um, is there is there anything we missed or anything you want to bring up? Um, updates or things to look forward to besides what we've talked um, about? You know, just the release of these next couple of volumes that are coming out um i uh you know i was talking with ben we were reviewing volume 18 today i think it's going to be super special um it, like i said we're kind of doing a little bit um we're, we're really trying to simplify things which is yeah. exciting i think you know we, like, we like will auto, never pub automate uh yeah or just you know get this rhythm we now know we're at four volumes you yeah. know um we we feel really strongly about our network of contributors photographers um you know pre-planning issues uh, further ahead and just creating more breathing room so that we can truly enjoy what we're doing um that that you won't see outside looking in but in Internally, that's big for us. It's you know, huge. Quality, it's like I mentioned earlier, yeah, quality of life, man. As long as we're truly enjoying what we're doing, then you're getting the best product. And um, 
you know, we're, we're focused on that. No, that, it's very important. People don't understand that the biggest changes that, that companies need to do is, is from the management down. People think it's from the employees up, but that's not how it works. It's from management down, and that's where you guys will get a good rhythm and continue getting good people, you know, inspired yeah. by the same inspirations. So 2020, Absolutely. we can expect volume 17, 18, 19, and 20. Yeah, yeah, so 20... Did you 20 plan volumes having a in 20? 2020. Yeah. 20 volumes. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we definitely thought about that at the beginning of the year. It's kind of cool. Um, Super and cool. also, man, just looking at, you know, uh, volume 17, I've got one sitting over there on my shelf right there. It's uh, This whole thing's gone by in the blink of an eye. Yeah. You know, it's been uh, almost seven years, but we're like, and that. You know, it seems like yesterday we're just trying to figure out what we're going to put in volume two. And, um, you know, since then, like I said, we've, we've met, met so many amazing people. We've built, built big on community here in Colorado. Um, we've been able to travel the world and, and share our stories and, and learn stories of other people. And, um, that's, that's definitely the success that, that, uh, we're really grateful right now and um, I also feel really confident in our brand I think uh, I think that we've done something really unique that brought us together here on in this conversation and uh, I think uh, I think we're here to stay which is um, yeah that's a good feeling because there's there's a ton of risk in what we did you know just uh, take taking that leap of faith and um Especially, you know, it'd be a little different if I was single, but I'm a family man, you know, I've got to, yeah, I've got to see some return on, on my, uh, investment at some point. And, um, we, we've kind of, we've gone through that stage, you know, to where the business is making sense on paper as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's good stuff. Well, all I can say is, is congratulations. It's it's beautiful what you guys are doing. I'm so happy for you guys. I can't wait till we meet each other, let it be in California, Denver, Sweden, or Indonesia. Um, but hopefully yeah. we'll get to meet up soon. Um, yeah, we, we are also planning on bringing some of the podcast to on, on the road. Right. And I'm sure we'll end up in Denver at some point. Uh, and or we can Sweden. maybe do an episode with you and Ben. And we'll get him out of his yeah, comfort, th- comfort zone and make him talk. We'll, for we'll just go bit. to his house and just <laughs> knock on his door and start recording. <laughs> yeah, he comes to the office. He, he's just a, he, he's a designer, right? So like, um, he, I'm on the phone nonstop. That's what I'm just talking. That's that's what I do every day is just communicate. And Ben needs to focus, so he puts himself in the focus zone and. Uh, it seems to be paying off. So I, I'd really um, look forward to the opportunity to speak with you guys uh, more in the future. And if uh, we could ever have that opportunity to have Ben on the show as well, I think, uh, I think he'd be grateful for that as well. Absolutely. And you guys make it out here. Um, you got, I talk about our workspace, but we got a great space. Um, it's it seconds. uh it's, it, it's awesome. Um, you guys come out here, you have a place to stay is what I'm saying. Oh, Appreciate thank you so it. much, man. Appreciate it. Same um, thing for you when you better, come to California. Yeah, it better not be too good just in case we go and not, don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, we, have you guys have you guys ever been out to Colorado to ride or anything? I have not. Oh, uh, no. Not to Colorado. 
that that's maybe something else I'll just touch on real quick is, um, you know, we, we, I've said it multiple times in, in, in this um, interview is Meta has allowed us to travel the world over and um, ride motorcycles in some incredible places. But uh, when it's all said and done, like, I don't think it's, you asked me earlier about like, where's the best place to ride a motorcycle? And I, I think it's right outside my door. And uh, that that's really important to the brand as well. You know, because uh, I don't have to wait to travel somewhere to really go enjoy myself on a motorcycle. All I do is, is uh, walk out my on. front door. You are yeah. very, very blessed. Very blessed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. What's your social? What's the what's Meta's <laughs> social media websites? I everything. Were, I thought you were gonna say, "What's your social security yeah. number?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's yeah, your social security birthday? Okay, hold on, hold on. I don't have a pen. <laughs> let me uh, let me go get my bank account number real quick. Yeah, yeah. We uh, don't we don't need routing. I'll figure that out. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, readmeta.com is is our URL. It's our website. Um, we have two social channels on Instagram. One is uh, Meta, just M-E-T-A. The other one is Meta Denver. Uh, Meta Denver, we use uh, that channel to promote local gatherings and rides that we host and events that we host at our shop. Um, and then Facebook is Meta. Um, one thing, um, we don't have a YouTube channel. Everything's Yet. on Vimeo. Oh, Vimeo. Um, even better, yeah. The quality. Yes, yeah, all Vimeo, um, but we are thinking about. Um, we are working on the idea of, of putting together a film showcase and maybe even a film contest. And um, if we, when we do that, I think we're going to start moving some of our stuff over to YouTube as uh, as well for obvious reasons. That's where yeah. the numbers are. Mm, um, the aesthetics why. of it. Yeah, aesthetics of Vimeo um, really align with our brand much more so than YouTube. Right. But um, at the end of the day, um, we, we want to put our content in front of as many eyeballs as possible. So yeah, we'll probably be uh, doing that as well here in the near, near future. So there's a lot to look forward in the future. A For lot. sure. Well, that's very good. I, yeah. I want I want to say thank you for, for taking your time and letting us speak to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Really I hope you got this. everything you need here. Yeah, absolutely. I know I'm kind of all over the place at, at times, but uh, not, not at all. There's some good stuff. Not at all. You're you're, right. you're a very cool, easy to speak to person. And and again, we thank you for your time uh, for this conversation, and so do the listeners. Excellent. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate appreciate it. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so very much for listening. If you liked it, please make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube on everywhere, wherever you're listening to this, there's a subscribe button. Please click on it. It helps the podcast. It helps the guests. It helps all of us. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Ride Boundless to see amazing pictures and contents and videos of the people we are speaking to. Until then, see you next week. Ride safe, ride hard, ride boundless.